Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Servcast, Mobile Serve's Canadian tech-focused podcast. I'm Patrick O'Rourke and Brad Bennett. A man who continues to refer to himself as the bad boy of tech is once again across the internet from me at a location that is now disclosed. I think that's what I'm going to say now during yeah. the intro is that your location is disclosed because it's I've been compromised. Obviously. It's your office. Yeah. You've been yeah. compromised. Yeah. Um, how, are, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm wondering like, like what kind of like bad boy outfits would I want to wear? Like if I were dressed up like Don John, like the Justin Gordon-Levitt movie all the time, you think that would work out well? Yeah, I, I think you need holsters, right? That's yeah. that's really the only the key ingredient is just wear holsters at all times, like phone phone holsters. That's true. That'd be sweet. I wish, but yeah, that's all that's really going on with me. Not much else, honestly. Pretty pretty low key. Went camping on this weekend. Uh, if you live in the GTA, you know it rained the entire time. But that was that must be why you sound so thrilled today because you spent yeah. a weekend in a tent wet. My feet are still wet, yeah, <laughs> they're still drying out. You just never changed your socks, you didn't have any left. Yeah, I brought seven pairs, wore them all, and still wearing the seventh pair. <laughs> okay, this Jeez. week, John, our resident Windows expert, is also on the podcast because, as you guessed, we're going to be talking about Windows 11. Um, but before we get to that, how are you doing, John? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I had a pretty chill weekend and got my my first dose of the vax. So feeling pretty good. Little birthday present to yourself. Little vax. Yeah, little, little birthday present to myself. I'm actually first, like just terrified of needles, so it wasn't super fun. But I'm doing all right. But it nice. went okay. Yeah, went surprisingly well. For That's good. First dose cool is vaccine. the good dose. The second dose <laughs> the cool is dose. the dose that. Uh, I don't know, how do I, how do I explain this? I I was like Dose from hell. very sick for exactly twenty four hours, insanely <laughs> sick. It was an interesting experience to say the least. Yeah, yeah, looking looking forward to round two. It should be fun. It's a good time. Yeah, I need to get my round two booked shortly. I uh, I'm eligible now. They booked mine for me. Yeah, mine is too, but it's like September fourteenth, and I'm not sure if that's like worth waiting that long. They booked mine for like August 9th. That's nice. like, yeah, here you go. That's pretty good. That's yeah, like, sweet. Right. Thanks. If you follow that Vax Hunters uh, account, Bennett, like you live in the city, there's all kinds of pop-ups all over the place all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you could, if you followed it for like a day relatively closely, I'm sure you could you could get one. It's more just about, and I know this sounds absolutely terrible, but after I've got the first one, I'm, I'm just so much more relaxed now. It's more just like the effort of, you know, gotta take leave work, f- whoops, leave work freaking bike somewhere get a needle bike back or drive maybe go after work cut my free time in half and, and like i know that these are all terrible excuses Sounds and like, like i need to do the it least like least amount just... of effort to protect yourself <sighs> i know i know that's what i mean like it's bad because i got the first one i was like i gotta get it working hard get the first day get the booking and then i got it and i was like 
I'm chill. I'm not chill. If anyone's listening to this and be like, oh, he's chill, maybe I'll do that. Don't do that. Don't do as I do, because that will get my second dose, hopefully this week or next, I think will, would probably be the plan. But um, I haven't been just like very on top of it, as on top of it as I should be. Get, get on top of it. Get directly on top of it. Get in it. Bathtub okay, so Pfizer. we're not talking about vaccines for the rest of the podcast, thankfully, because that's depressing and not very exciting. We are talking about Windows 11. Um, but before we get into like, this is basically the big Windows 11 show. Like, I'm very open about this. I'm 100% a Mac OS guy now. I have a Windows uh, like gaming computer that's five plus years old. Very sad that I'm likely not going to be able to use Windows 11 unless I upgrade it significantly. But this is going to be like me sitting here asking Bennett and John several questions about Windows 11 because beyond like the writing that they've done for Mobile Surf, I don't know a ton about it. It's very much out of my wheelhouse. Um, yeah, Pat's an XP that, guy. I'm, that'd be uh, well, great if I still used Windows XP, you know? I feel like everything great. in the world does, you know, like those All McDonald's equipment. kiosks. Medical equipment, yeah, exactly. Pretty Thanks. Much. The uh, evergreen operating system from Microsoft. Uh, but Bennett, talk about the hottest news of the week, and then we'll get into fun Windows times. So one of the first ones is like the federal government, it's launching some sort of roadmap. It was the um, Minister of Innovation and what's it? Whatever. Former, or Minister of Innovation it used to be now Deep Baines. Now it's uh, Francois Philip Champagne, the Minister of Innovation. And basically the roadmap is to more or less, I guess, figure out how to deal with data in Canada, um, you know, how to govern it, how to secure it, how to deal with it ethically, which I think is something that doesn't come up a lot in like the regular tech sphere because it's this very like high level, almost like B2B level stuff. But even though it is, it still impacts us all because we all generate a lot of data and it has to go somewhere. Um, you know, we don't want it to go to bad people or companies that are going to sell it. Probably still will anyway, but the federal government's looking into it. I mean, I think my biggest experience with something like this, the biggest, like the best example of why this is important would be when Sidewalk Labs was happening, which is that like future smart city coming to Toronto. Google is, is building dead, a city. Yes, correct. Google is building a city within a city. And then it's, it's decided not to because of all the regulations, part of it being something like this. But I know um, a big deal about that and big, a part of the reason that was getting halted so much was everyone was worried that this smart city was going to generate a ton of data, you know, data from cameras, driving data, parking data, data of you walking in the street, data of you in your home, everything potentially will be connected. Um, and I think that's still the worry of just regular cities in the future, you know? So the data that we generate now, there's a lot of it in the future. We'll be generating more data. And as we generate more data, people get worried about it going to, you know, Google or other offshore or outside of Canada companies, as opposed to staying within our borders, letting our governments like govern that data and stuff like that. So I guess that's kind of a important one. It's a bit of a denser topic, but I, I do think it will have like wide reaching repercussions. And uh, perhaps if Canada like is able to come up with a really good system for this, it could be like adopted by other countries. Cause I think this is pretty cutting edge uh, government regulation type stuff or cutting edge for government regulations. Maybe if that makes more sense. Any thoughts nice. on that? Good. Yeah. I, I have no thoughts, just vibes. Um, <laughs> just vibes. Yeah, uh, I guess other news is like Apple's redesigned MacBooks still might come out this year. And I'm just going to like throw this in. Apparently the Pixel 5a, so two heavily not rumored. In Canada. 
Oh, yeah. you don't think that's going to come to Canada? That's no. big, big disclaimer on that Pixel 5a news. Uh, confirmed not to not to be coming to Canada, but it will release in regions. Where Where is it coming out? Do you know, John? So when Google confirmed to me that it wasn't coming to Canada, I don't know, it was back in like March or April or maybe May. I don't know. Time just blurs it together. It happened at it some no point, meaning. you know? Uh, Google confirmed to me that it wasn't coming to Canada and that it was only coming to the U.S. and Japan. Um, and I think that's probably because of the ongoing chip shortage and supply issues and whatnot. Um, Google didn't officially say, didn't give a reason, but I'm pretty sure that's what the reason was. Uh, so unless something changes, I doubt we'll see the Pixel 5a come to Canada. That said based on the leaks we've seen so far, the Pixel 5a also looks almost identical to the Pixel 4a 5G. So I don't think we're really going to miss out on anything as long as the Pixel 5, 4a 5G continues to be available in Canada. I don't think anybody's really going to miss anything. That's that's pretty fair, I guess. Um, that still sucks. I thought it was coming here and I was excited for another Pixel to come out during the summer because, I don't know, it's been kind of a phone drought. You know, I'm tired of these like random Android phones that aren't, that exciting i don't know um wait i guess until we'll... august when all the flip phones come out all the foldy phones you think yeah. that'll be the window for them it'll be summertime like late summer flip oh, phones for sure the samsung's, fold the samsung's gonna have an event there'll be a new z flip fold three all the folding phones from samsung at least are gonna come out in august how many how many fold slash flip phones do you think we get before a company names it like the samsung origami and it has like three folds it's just like Huawei's probably already done that. Like it's yeah. it's in R and D. They're they're working on it, but then it won't come out. Yeah, it'll that, we'll North see America. it. Yeah, we'll see it. We'll take pictures of touch it. it. We'll post them to our website, and then we'll get in trouble for that as well. For like having or not getting the guy that was holding the phones in, getting his face in it. Yeah, no, that's yes, the, not a lot. It'll be some CES vaporware or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, fair enough. So I guess uh, not so hot news, but. The new MacBook still might come this summer. I don't know if I believe it anymore. I think that's kind of where I was getting with that one, Pat. How do you feel about the fact that we, everyone keeps saying we're going to get this MacBook Pro M1X, whatever. Do you think it's coming think this quickly? It's what do you coming. think it's holding it, it back? Chip short? It's coming, but I, I don't think that it's going to drop in that time frame. Like To me, that seems a little crazy. Apple would want the spotlight on its phone. like Whatever the new iPhone is going to be called, whether it's the iPhone 13, the iPhone 12S, whatever. They'll want the spotlight on that and the new Apple Watch because there's always a new Apple Watch every year. They're not going to want to like muddy that presentation with a new laptop that's like a full exciting revamp. They would want a specific event about that. And to me, like August, because that's when it would come out, according to these rumors, is too close to September. Um, I think that if we do see it, it will be like it will be before the new year. Um, my guess would be like November. That's that's my guess. Early November is, is when we would see it. So I've written about a couple of the MacBook M1X revamp rumors. Um, and I think it was Mark Gurman from Bloomberg had said as early as this summer, but the key part there is as early as, yeah. which I think implies that he wasn't 100% sure on a date. Um, and the other rumor I've seen points to a November release, which would make a lot of sense because that's when the original M1 MacBook Pro dropped. It's a year, right? Like So that, yeah, that would give them a year product cycle for that first M1 MacBook. Um, and it would make a lot of sense for a refresh version to come out. 
in November, yeah. or like a year after the first one. So it would be nice too if they could like really hammer down. Like you know how we always know the iPhones coming out in the the fall or whatever September. It would be nice if we could get like a they just started releasing the new MacBooks every year on the same time to just like really establish that cycle. So yeah, I that think that's what fun. we're gonna start seeing because now that they now that it's like powered by their own chip, I I just feel like they're gonna be pushing pushing out yearly refreshes now, right? Like, and I know that we started to see that when they were with Intel, but that was a bit of a more recent thing. Yeah. There was a time where like we'd go a couple years before there was like a generational refresh with the processors of, of MacBooks. Fair enough. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I'm still hoping for it. I'd like, we talked about, I don't know if we actually, was that being recorded when I was thinking about how sad I was with my, the slow, slowness of my Mac. So it, just I don't think for this one. To come it was out. before the official start of the pod, but it may have uh, been like during the, the mobile syrup before dark, after dark, uh, yeah. pre-pod discussion. How do you edit a flashback into a podcast? Any ideas? It fades to gray or something. But in the sound. <laughs> you just edit it in in that section? Yeah. No, don't even do it in the video side. Just the audio one. I'll just like just have, have my noise. voice like, like, flashback, 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 flashback. Um, yeah, but no, that's kind of the, the MacBook stuff. I think the last thing I want to talk about, and I think that this was last week, um, but Spotify is raising its price because of the netflix tax or i don't know the exact i forget the official term for that tax right but this is the same one like just, the government implemented to, it they just have to pay hst now um oh, netflix yeah. tax was sort of a net netflix tax was sort of an ambiguous term that was applied to it and it's like fine to call it that like that's what everybody was saying but it, it's really just like foreign mostly u.s owned big tech companies now being forced to to pay hst yeah and this so far we've seen it so far, we've seen it. I'm sure it's probably happened with a few other things. Maybe we haven't noticed it yet. But so far, we've seen Netflix raise their price a few bucks, and now Spotify go up a few bucks to pay this. But you know, they're paying this HST or whatever. But realistically, it's just passed on to the consumers, which everyone knew yeah. would happen. Here we are, anyway, paying it. So this is uh, fun to look back and be like, oh yeah, that road so twisty turny was actually just a straight road from here to there, and it went like most people predicted it would. One of the other services that now uh, charges HST is um, that not very good reality TV streaming platform, Hey You. I think they hey were you. one of the first in Canada, actually, to, to start charging it, followed Cutting quickly edge. by Netflix. Yeah, I can't, Netflix can't be left out. If Hey You's doing it, everybody's got to be doing it. But yeah, I think that's the end of the hottest news then. Although that last bit wasn't very hot, it was kind of the sad news because now you pay more for music, which... I guess the, before, I, okay, I'm not cutting out of the news. I'm going back in. I'm diving back in. He's but got like, some thoughts. Yeah, I do actually now. So Netflix is kind of like its own standalone thing. You know, it charges the HST. You have to pay it because you're not going to get Netflix content anywhere else. But Spotify is realistically the same as YouTube music, Apple music, Tidal, what have you. Like all of those, there's some subtle differences, but you, you still get the same content on all of those platforms. So if Apple like swallows this HST charge and doesn't push it on consumers, plus the new high fidelity tier and uh, the new lossless high fidelity tier and spatial audio, and if they don't raise their price, is this going to push a lot of Canadians away from Spotify? Do you They're think, do you think people to, will switch? Do you think Apple is going to shy away from making like from from offsetting the cost of something to consumers? There's like absolutely no way. You think Apple is going to increase their prices as well? Oh, totally. Yeah, everyone's going to do it across the board, right? Because they don't see it as as their problem, right? This is this is the it's like the cost of them operating in Canada now, and they're just going to pass I'm, it on to consumers. They don't see it as like 
to them it's it's not them charging more money it's just them complying with a new government relation uh, correct uh, regulation I, I think it's also important to clarify um they're charging hst now like any other product or good that's sold in canada like if i were to go to best buy and buy a cd i would pay hst yeah. on that that's just part mm -hmm. of being a, a consumer in canada and i think that's separate from netflix and spotify increasing the monthly cost of their subscription plans which yeah, might like, be for, to cover the cost of them paying other HST. taxes but oh. the, the hst part of it is paid by consumers like that's how mm -hmm. hst works it's a tax yeah. on goods that consumers pay it's also in some ways just leveling the playing field right like a lot of these companies just haven't had to charge that for whatever reason i'm not smart enough to totally understand how they're able to circumvent those rules and now they're kind of being lumped in with uh other canadian companies right it's it sucks in a sense because we have to pay more for stuff uh, mm -hmm. Usually, it's like marginally more. Like I so love when bit, like, you I say like notice. other Canadian companies. When realistically, like what Canadian companies fall into this jurisdiction? Crave anything else? There's no streaming service that's like based in Canada. There'd, there'd be stuff like I'd have to sit down and think about it. But there'd be like other. There's Canadian companies that sell digital products, not not necessarily a streaming service, but. Um, yeah. something that's like a subscription, like a, a, like a tax, what's the tax service that everybody uses? Not into it. Turbo tax, uh, the well, simple tax one, the well, simple tax like... one used to be owned, but it used to be called something else. Now it's called, well, now it's called well, simple quick, tax. quick books or quick tax yeah, or maybe some, whatever. Yeah. There's a Canadian one. I can't remember the name of it, but something like that. That's a digital service that probably mm -hmm. likely was already charging HST. All I'm saying is that like if Apple swallows the HSD charge and like just takes it out of the existing like you know rejigs the math to basically be like okay now you technically pay like eight dollars for Apple Music two dollars yeah. of that is HST we're still at that ten dollar cap that keeps them below Spotify and like everyone is behind Spotify essentially in the market right now like Spotify has three times the amount of subscribers as any other music streaming service if not more. So I think like any advantage you can get, hence swallowing this HST charge for a few years and not passing it on to consumers if you can. Although what John said now makes me wonder if that's even legal. Um, could be like a pretty good like marketing buy for, for Apple and Amazon and the other streaming services cool. just, trying to get ahead of Spotify. I just yeah. don't think they'll do it. It would be neat though. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. Apple might because like you also wouldn't expect them to give away lossless for free, you know, but they did because they yeah, know they need true. to drive up customers into Apple Music and and they have to start pushing it. But yeah, okay. I'll, I'll hop back out, pull the ripcord, get me out of the hottest news. Let's talk about Windows 11. You guys heard of it? Yeah, I've heard a little bit about it. Uh, don't understand a lot about it. I thought that Windows 10 was the last Windows operating system ever. That, that was my understanding, right? And where's yeah, Windows 9? Somebody had said that. Did say that. Mm -hmm. I, I guess just to start, like John, set the stage for us. Why does this exist? Why did Microsoft lie to me yet again? And where is Windows 9? What, that's the operating system I truly want. Well, yeah. Windows 9 doesn't exist because 789. So let's just I get that you. one for I a get it. Bit. Yeah, I get it. That's no, but true. like in all seriousness, the Windows number, like Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 9, really just comes down to marketing and branding. It doesn't actually connect to the version numbers of Windows at all. So it's just marketing. I don't know why they skipped Windows 9. Um, but they did. 
but probably yeah, an unlucky number or something maybe i don't know i don't know what the the reasoning behind it was they should have just done windows one like they tried to do with the xbox windows technically there was already failed. a windows one so yeah but spell what it was windows time. one oh just oh, like the original windows yeah i don't yeah. know they should have um, called it uh, Windows 3.2. Yeah. Windows 98, the two re-release, reboot. Win- Windows 21. Windows, Windows 21. Windows 21 would have worked, and then next year would have been Windows 22, Windows 23. Yeah. Um, um, as for why Windows 11 exists, I don't really have an answer. I don't think that Microsoft has yet to justify the switch from 10 to 11, and that's kind of the big... Um, issue or the big the big thing with windows 11 at the moment is you know with windows 10 microsoft said okay you know windows 10 is going to be the the future we're going to treat windows as a service um we're just going to constantly update this version there's not going to be another windows and i did a whole bunch of different media stuff with um microsoft leading up to the event to kind of prepare and wrap my mind around what was going on and throughout all of that even though the question was asked i don't think they ever really gave a good explanation for making the jump to windows 11 and in my own experience like i've i've only played around with windows 11 for about 20 minutes because i finished installing the preview build before we started this this pod but it looks and feels a lot like windows 10 with a facelift so for me, at least, I feel like Microsoft hasn't yet justified the need to go from Windows 10 to Windows 11. Um, all that being said, I think as we progress through the preview period and as I put in more changes and as I finalize the the Windows 11 build, I'm hoping that they put in some stuff that really kind of justifies the, the version number jump and going, okay, we're moving from Windows 10 and we're going to Windows 11 and it's actually a big thing and it's a good there's good reasons for the change and stuff like that and it's going to be more than just a a facelift and maybe some you know integrating teams and and features like that because like that stuff is cool but i don't see why they couldn't have just done that with windows 10 that that's what i was going to ask you next was like again like i'm far from a windows expert but just based on the reporting that both of you have done on the site to me this felt more like not like an entire not something that warrants like a number. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe some sort yeah. of significant package update to Windows 10 or something, you guys but are not crazy. like an entirely entirely new OS. And obviously, Bennett, you disagree. We're I'm going to ask you yeah, next yeah. about the design because I think that's where the most interesting things lay. At least definitely in, from what I've I'm seen. with you on that one. Is there is there anything like what do you think of the design? First of all, you're like sort of a design guy at Mobile Syrup, but also Ooh, was there anything that caught your eye? Like anything that you really like? To me, it looks a lot like uh, Mac OS or Chrome OS, especially with like the icons in the middle, yeah. which I like. I think that's cool as a Mac OS guy. Mm. But was there anything that you are really excited about in terms of the look? Because that seems to be the most significant change to the operating system. Um, I, yeah, I just think the like, so I guess just, before I go too far into like what I like, I just want to say like I think it is worth the numbered upgrade just because of the new look. I think, you know, it, it, it would be weird if you're like I'm on Windows 10 and then my friend is also on Windows 10, but they both look significantly different. I think that would just be a bit odd. So I'm okay with the number because if we're getting a big refresh and they want to like frame it as a big marketing thing, like Windows is back, baby. Okay. So Windows 11, I, I'm okay with that. But in terms of the actual features that have been added, I I do see where you guys are coming from with like 
is a little lackluster in terms of actual features um, to be a whole new jump in number. But I think like, you know, Android apps and possibly some of the stuff working on behind the scenes, especially in the gaming side of things, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, from the design point of view, I think the frosted glass aesthetic, I love, I've loved it ever since Apple like dropped it on the iPhone. I've, I've loved it ever since RDO used it back in like 2013. So but, I wanted to yeah. ask you about the frosted glass specifically. Wasn't that something we saw before in a windows OS, like Vista, Vista? or something like that? Vista. N7 even a little, there was one that had it and it was like super resource intensive or something like that. I, I may be just like Probably. making stuff up, but I remember something very specific. Yeah. I think, I think you're thinking of Vista, which was less a frosted glass and more of just a glass. Yeah, okay. like it, it's a little more transparent, I think. Yeah, and I do remember it being like a lot of people had issues with Vista and performance issues uh, were part of that. But mm -hmm. I think part of that was jumping from Windows XP, which basically could run on anything, to Vista and uh, Microsoft was kind of like, yeah, you can upgrade, and people upgraded on hardware that was definitely not capable of running vista which might happen with 11 problems, to be honest which you know we'll get into it more later talking about cpu requirements and some of the other windows 11 requirements that have uh upset people but that might be kind of a similar parallel with windows 10 to windows 11 because there's all this design stuff and all these new uh animations and frosted glass and all this stuff um that might be part of why microsoft is being kind of, uh, kind of tight, more with strict, yeah. uh, with, you know, what hardware can run windows 11, um, just to make sure that there is a good experience for end users. Uh, that said, some of the, you know, CPU requirements just don't make any sense to me. Um, but we'll, yeah. we'll get into all that part later. Bennett, before, before we move on, what was like, just back to the original question, was there anything yep. design wise that really stood out, out to you? Um, so I like the bottom taskbar. I like the theming options a lot. I'm, I'm really excited to play with those. Um, I think, you know, we talked about Android 12. And one of my favorite things was that like Android 12 sort of adopts the colors of your wallpaper yeah, it's really and stuff cool. like that. Um, and it seems like, I don't think Windows is going to like automatically adopt the colors of your wallpaper, but I think with all this like frosted glass aesthetic, you just sort of see some of the colors shine through that frosted glass thing and it'll look pretty cool. I'm hoping, um, in terms of like the design. And then the other thing is I just really love the new start menu. I think uh, I'm going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I have, so what's, what's different about it? Explain it. It's in the center and it looks modern now. So I've hated okay. the start menu for years. Like on windows, you click it, it's in the bottom left. It opens up. It's like this list. So you have like the, the tiles, section, right? Yeah. There's like those and, tiles. Yeah. Live tiles, even though most of them aren't really alive. Are those um, gone now? They're yeah. gone in windows 11. Windows 11 killed the live tiles and Excellent. a surprising cool. amount of people are upset about it considering how Those many people, people hate live tiles. Yeah, so. I hate them. Um, but yeah, you'd open the start menu. Some people would literally have it be a column for like every app and folder just like here. And like you couldn't really delete things out of that column unless you want to go into like your system files and actually delete the app or like restructure the folders. It was really convoluted to like actually organize that space. Yeah, was not an easy task and not and like most people didn't do it the start menu was just like this is where i don't want to say garbage goes so this is where garbage design goes we just everything is here it's easily accessible but it looks like trash 
Um, and I think you could you could kind of get it to an extent to look a little better, but like realistically, like you're scrolling through, there's like a folder that just says AMD. You're like, what is that? You click on it. There's like a bunch of program files that you'll never use in there, but it has to be in the start menu anyway. For some reason, I don't know why, drives me nuts. Um, you know, all the Adobe apps have to be visible. You can't put them in like a subfolder, even though, I don't know, just anyway. You know, plus all the other stuff, it just wasn't a great experience. I think this new one looks a lot cleaner. I like the fact that it's just like an, a grid of apps like you would see on your phone or in Chrome OS or even on Mac OS to be like a smaller scale. But within the start menu, I think that'll look a lot cleaner. And I think it'll uh, force people to organize their computer systems, their start menu a little more. Uh, plus the recent, uh, the recent document section on the bottom half of that, I really like. And to be honest, I'm kind of hoping we can like pin things there. Cause like, I would love to pin like something like the mobile surf watermark there. So I could literally just open my start menu, drag it onto a photo, like really quickly, just as opposed to having to search it every time to, to jump in here. Uh, I yeah. do agree with you. I've got the start menu open I've, on my windows 11 preview laptop here. And it is really nice. It's kind of split into two zones. The top zone is apps and it's titled pinned. So. I guess that you can pin your apps there and like kind of customize that section, but it's literally just a grid of app icons. And then below it is a recommended section, which shows things like uh, my recent documents. There's a get started icon to like kind of familiarize me with some of the windows, uh, windows 11 stuff. Uh, it's really nice. And it's really slick. Like the animation to open and close it is very smooth. Um, and it feels and looks a lot more modern than, what we had in windows 10. I think that would honestly be even worth the story. Cause when I was writing the, uh, preview, the insider preview is available post yesterday, um, which would be Monday. Basically a lot of it was like the new animations, the new feeling like you really just got to touch and feel it. And I was like, I can't, uh, I'll take your word for it. But I think like having like a, now that you've tried it out, being able to write something like, Hey, this actually does feel quite a bit. That's a good idea. Because the animations might be worth doing. So, if, um, if, sorry, guys, that's one last question or yeah. we're still in the start menu. If so, if you hit the windows key, uh, does the start menu open for like search or is there a dedicated like search bar? I've been kind of wondering that. Yeah. So it works just like windows 10, where if you hit the windows key or, and then just start typing, it'll start searching automatically, okay. but the actual start menu itself doesn't have any sort of search bar in it. Really? There's no search bar at the top in the demo pictures. There is no, it, well, at least on mine that could change in a future build, but there's no Very search interesting. bar. There is a search button in the taskbar. So if I click that, okay. I get something that looks very similar to the start menu, but with a big search bar and like uh, a list okay. of my top apps and recent stuff that I've accessed and stuff like that. So, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was wondering cause like they had taken the windows snap feature from power toys. And I was wondering like if they took the search bar from that as well, but it seems like the answer is no. So. Move us along, Pat. That's all I need If you to had know. to pick out like a specific feature, Bennett, like I know you haven't gone hands on with it yet. You plan to eventually, John. I know you've only played around with it a bit, but based on like what you've seen, what are you most excited to try and, and then like have permanently part of the, the operating system once like the full release comes out? So for me, aside from the design, there's two main things that I'm really looking forward to. The first is performance, because um, Microsoft talked a bit about improving performance and energy usage and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that that translates to a much smoother, uh, more consistent feel when using Windows. And also something that just works a lot better on uh, laptops. 
And I say that because like I use Windows primarily on a desktop and it's fine. I don't have any issues with Windows on desktop. It works really well for what I use it for. But I find Windows laptops tend to have issues with battery life or um, if you go with some of those more power efficient but lower power chips, Windows just feels sluggish and not as great. So I'm hoping that Windows 11 fixes a lot of that stuff um, while also like modernizing the look of the operating system. So performance is one thing I'm really excited about. Uh, the other big thing is productivity and mainly what I mean by that is the new window snapping layout tools. Woo. Those look really, really cool. Uh, and in the, the short time that I played with uh, Windows 10 or sorry, Windows 11, they do look neat. Uh, I wonder if they'll add, if they haven't already, I haven't looked, um, but I'll, I wonder option. if there will be like window or sorry, keyboard shortcuts for moving the windows around as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really nice to have that little picker in the hidden in the uh, maximize button. You just hover your mouse over that and select where you want the window to go and it goes there. Really yeah, I think that's simple. super smart. Ben, yes. what about you? So yeah, that, the snap picker thing, um, it's not something that I use too much, like, cause I use the, the sort of a version of that in power toys and I've set it up, but I haven't like, because it wasn't ultra convenient, I didn't find myself like using it very often. Is that part of the workspaces stuff they talked about? Uh, no. Um, yeah. I don't, yes, I, maybe. I think it ties into that. I remember they talked about how Windows will save and remember your Yeah, that was like, I, I thought that was really cool. So I, I was That's, just curious. That was actually my next thing. Yeah. Okay. It's just like, so the snapping, because I, I snap two windows side by side all the time. So just the ability to snap two windows side by side and maybe get like a three grid on my other one. Excited about that. The next one, yeah, the desktop memory feature. The fact that I'm, well, I'm interested to see how that works. And if it like takes a lot of resources to be keeping these sort of de virtual desktop spaces alive. Um, but I'm excited about like having, you know, desktop for work and desktop for play. I think that's kind of a smart distinction. It should be a way to like, Especially with like working from home, helping you know switch things up a little bit. I would love that on Mac OS. Like that would be a game changer. Yeah, um, and then the last thing is just like gaming related, but the direct storage technology that came from the Xbox Series S and X. I literally like I've been building my PC since the pandemic began um, with that feature in mind. Like I was like, oh, okay, cool. like Look at you, Mr. Forward thinking. I know. I when that happened, I was like, John, fucking I called it i'm so happy um but yeah basically i made sure that like, my motherboard was like pci gen 4 compatible my graphics card is gen 4 and like i also have a uh, pci gen 4 like ssd which is like the three i believe the three pieces that you need to make that happen although we needed the software so that's coming and i'm, I'm sure, sure someone that, like, someone in the comments will tell games. you you're wrong yeah probably <laughs> you also need a tpm 2.0 chip <laughs> yeah so, um, but yeah, so excited about that. I think that'll be be fast. Cool. Um, one of the things, I, I mean, like, and I always come back to the first time that I used Windows 10, which I think was likely on a really, really early Surface device. There's always ago. been, like, weird stuff um, every time the new version comes out, right? Like, you have this fresh coat of paint, and then, like, a random dialogue window will pop up, and it'll look like it's from Windows 98. Or there'll be like a, an extreme disconnect between. We don't um, talk about that. <laughs> controlling <laughs> controlling the operating system with like a mouse and keyboard or whatever, and then also using a touchscreen. Like that's that's always been one of my things that I, I've found challenging with Windows is is navigating that. If I was using a laptop that has a touchscreen, 
yeah i guess i'll throw this out to both of you like do you think that microsoft's like nixed a lot of the old stuff with this or are we still going to see like the control panel the like my computer screen all this stuff that windows has been known for for like decades and decades or is all that gone and we just have like fresh brand new stuff now in terms of at least in terms of design and the look of the operating system yeah john can you do a deep dive and see if the control panel is still there it, it is still there well, ah. while you were asking the question Does it still Pat, look i the searched same? it it is still there and it still looks pretty much the same but ah, lovely it looks like they've updated the icons with the new kind of windows 11 icon aesthetic is so, are, are the sides of the window curved though now yes Oh, yeah. Wasn't it always Perfect. curved? Hasn't control panel been kind of like having a Windows Vista, Windows 7-ish look for the last few years? If I'm, Or am I wrong there? No, not, not really. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. So it, for people who installed the leaked build, they were able to kind of dig deep into the system and find some of those ancient Windows 95 era cruft that's still kind of hanging around on Windows. Um but I've also seen like a decent effort from Microsoft to try and reduce some of that. Um, I'm not sure the company could ever fully eliminate it from Windows without screwing Just put it over in the settings app. Businesses. What do you mean? The control panel? Well, control, not really control panel, but like the way I've always understood it is that there is the kind of modern looking Windows that for the most part, everybody will interact with and they don't. Mm -hmm. Most people, like, most average people won't need to go beyond modern like Windows 10 the into the deep, weird, archaic background that exists within Windows. Yeah. Um, and the reason all that stuff is still in there is to maintain compatibility for businesses. Yep. Um, so I think Microsoft has made strides in Windows 11 to reduce some of that stuff and to kind of move businesses towards other things. But until Microsoft is able to completely wean businesses off of that ancient, ancient Windows tech, I think it's going to hang around in Windows in weird spaces for a long time. Um, I hate it. And like, I don't, I don't like it either, but you <laughs> there's kind of not a solution, kind of right? It. Like, because it's such a legacy operating system that has so many different purposes and is so popular. It's hard for them to just totally ditch some of that like some of the legacy features that have been around for yeah. decades right i so i like i get it it's just it's so jarring when you're like this looks sick and then you open up the control panel and you're like this looks like something from five years ago it's, yeah. it's control it's, panel does look more modern I, I will say that like the windows 11 control panel does look more modern the fact that it's still here and still exists when there's the other settings menu though is weird i'm pleased like, to hear that as a control panel enthusiast yeah, you have that that tattoo of the entire control panel on your back. That's we've always just, it's a just bit across odd. my my chest, right? Control yeah. panel enthusiast, like in system a, in a nice security. I know, but you know, would be a fun other story idea, like literally taking the settings app of Windows 11, taking control panel, and being like, how many of these are exactly the same features in both? That places? would be cool because I bet you it's like sixty five percent of them, if not more. And also, there's like the actual nice modern settings app. I swear it has like a sidebar that just recommends, oh, are you looking for this setting? You can find it here. And it's always a link to control panel. Just every time. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. So I don't know. It's it's still very much that kind of old windows in the background and new windows in the foreground. I think Microsoft has made an effort to hide some of that old windows better. Um, 
and I think that might improve over over the course of the preview, but it is still kind of the case. Um, hopefully one day Microsoft can figure out a way to split, um, you know, legacy windows and modern windows and like maybe offer, you know, windows legacy for businesses that never want to change anything. Windows legacy. And then just, have like a modern, nice looking windows for consumers. Just call uh, it windows XP for business. Yeah. Just bring windows XP for business back. Maybe <laughs> just, it's here. So. just like the blow the dust off it. We're selling again. Sorry. You heard me typing there. I just had to tweet long live uh, the control panel. I had to get that out and I had to get oh, that cool. out now. So that's what that was. <laughs> Uh, so, as for, I think the other part of your question, Pat, sorry, yeah. was uh, touch controls. Touch controls, yeah. Um, mm. I don't have Windows 11 running on a device with a touch screen because touch screens are the bane of my existence uh, on desktop operating systems. I feel it like on phones like, too. John still has an old Razor. Yeah, I've I've been using a BlackBerry with like one of those <laughs> scroll balls instead of yeah. a touch screen. Bought them used from Doug Ford. <laughs> yeah, um, but so it looks like they've improved some of the touch controls uh, in the Windows event, what little of the stream I was actually able to watch because it kept freezing. I saw what looked like an improved gesture system and improved touch navigation and stuff like that, which is great. Um, I posted in our Slack channel earlier, Pat, I don't know if you saw it, but there's a slightly refreshed file browser. I saw that, I yeah. File that Explorer, nice. I think is what Microsoft calls it. Um, it looks nice. The top menu bar looks like just a bunch of big touch-friendly buttons for doing basic functions like copy and paste, which Bennett and I were debating about how useful that actually is. I guess people. on touch, it's a little more useful, but I, yeah. I still, I just think like when you open up the old file explorer, there's like buttons like easy access. Like what does that even mean? Or paste a shortcut. Easy access. What are you talking about? Select yeah. all, select none, invert selection. Like those types of buttons are like kind of niche. It's like you're not hitting those every day. Maybe some people are, but like you can right click that stuff. But yeah. on a touch screen, I guess you're right. Like to make that that step a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so it looks like a, it's more touch friendly, which is nice for the people who mm -hmm. like to touch stuff. I think the core issue <laughs> isn't guys. necessarily Windows. It should be a headline. Because um, yeah. Microsoft has been really hard on, you know, touch support for a long time. So, you know, Windows 10 wasn't perfect. They've improved it with Windows 11 for touch. Um, I think the main issue is and will always be Windows apps because a lot of Windows apps are made specifically for use with a mouse and keyboard. And so no matter what Microsoft does to improve touch on Windows, if you're using an app made for a mouse and a keyboard and you're trying to touch it, it's probably not going to be a great experience. You see the so same think, thing on, on like iPad OS now too, right? Where, yeah. where some apps have sort of shifted their design to work better with a, a trackpad or mouse or whatever. So like... It, it's no better on, on that other side of the world. Then just as an aside, the other thing that I wanted to mention was I always find it fascinating when I watch my mom use her, obviously as a Windows 10, somewhat old laptop, probably about seven, eight years old at this point. She only uses touch controls primarily. And she's like a wizard with it. Like she's just moving windows and minimizing stuff. And like, I, I could never do that. I just couldn't like flip that switch in my brain to like start touching the screen. So I'm, I'm curious what that's going to look like with, with Windows 11. But it's good to hear, like you said, that um, Microsoft may have made strides, at least in terms of making that feel more cohesive. I think so. The one thing, too, is I was writing this yesterday, but the gestures now are just the exact. So the gestures you use are the same whether you're using a touchscreen or a trackpad. So like oh, cool. three fingers to swipe left and right goes between apps and trackpad. Three fingers swiping on the screen goes between apps, like full screen apps, I guess, nice. on touch and 
so on and so forth. So that I thought was pretty smart. Like, it's like, yeah, like just, we, we can't have people learning two operating systems inside of one operating system. It's hard. I, yeah. It seems like they, they condensed that a little bit, which is nice. So to, I guess to, to wrap this up, the, the biggest thing in like, I guess in terms of controversy surrounding windows 11 is I don't even know how to describe it because it's super technical. This TPM situation where uh, some yes. older Windows devices won't be able to run it despite it being certain system requirements. Yeah. I, I don't understand it at all. I've read your very, very good explainer, John. So like I have, I, I kind of get it, but do you want to break it down for the listeners? Yeah. And, and just like, it's, it's not something that I think I've ever encountered before with an operating system update, um, at least in the last few years. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, so I think the the crux of the issue is that Microsoft has done a really poor job of communicating what's going on um, in a variety of ways, but I'll break it down. <laughs> Basically, what happened was Microsoft had this big Windows event. They said, Windows 11, look at this sick new operating system. It's going to be great. Windows if you have Windows 10, you can, you can upgrade to it. And they gave press, um, and it, it, that includes me, a very basic um minimum require like minimum technical requirements minimum system re 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 minimum, minimum system requirements, requirements. Yeah. oh my goodness can't speak today um for computers and basically they said i think it was if you have a 64 bit dual core cpu that has a 1 gigahertz clock speed you have at least 4 gigs of ram and i think it was 64 gigs of storage you're going to be able to run windows 11 that's what they said. And Which then they do like the announcement. A lot of things. And they That's put, a really common spec. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a really common spec. Um, Low bar. That should computer. cover like most computers. Yeah. Then they have the Windows 11 event and they put up their Windows 11 website, which has a link to this PC Health Check app. And Microsoft says, okay, you want to see if your computer can run Windows 11? Download this app, run it. It'll tell you if you're good to go. And the app told a bunch of people they were not good to go, even though they were by far above this minimum system requirement that uh, Microsoft had put out. And what it appeared to be, because the app doesn't tell you what's wrong. It just says your PC isn't compatible with Windows 11. That's it. Um, so on Microsoft's website was a list of the system requirements. And in the system requirements, the main difference between what Microsoft had told press and what was on their website was the TPM 2.0 requirement. And basically a TPM is a trusted platform module. It's a little chip that goes on your motherboard that uh, handles various security features, encryption, stuff like that. So it's good to have one because it helps with security on your device and can help mitigate against certain types of uh, you know attacks um, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a helpful thing to have. 
And basically everybody saw this TPM requirement and started freaking out thinking, oh, that must be what it is because I don't think my computer has a TPM. And there was all this confusion around it. Um, and then Microsoft later clarified, okay, TPMs have actually been a Windows require requirement since 2016. Uh, and the problem was that the requirement was for manufacturers. So manufacturers who are making you know, a laptop or a pre-built desktop had to include a TPM, but there wasn't necessarily a, a requirement that it was enabled. Okay. So there's lots of Windows machines out there that have TPMs, but they're not turned on. They're just there, not doing anything. So what does this mean like for the end user, someone who they ran that program and it said that they wouldn't be able to use Windows 11? Is that likely to actually be the case when the final version comes out? Or is this just it, like a big misunderstanding? It seems like that won't be the case, but honestly, it's just too early to tell. Okay. So a lot of people were able to get it to work by going into the BIOS on their computer and enabling the TPM uh, as a side benefit or sorry, part of the issue was that a lot of pre-built PCs or sorry, custom built PCs. So people who went out and built their own PC probably a don't large have number of people, right? Yeah. A larger number of people. They probably don't have a TPM or at least they didn't add one to their motherboard. Most gaming motherboards that are available to consumers don't have built in TPMs or anything like that, but most, gamers dangerously. Yeah. Most CPUs released in the last five years have a built-in TPM. So there's a very, very strong chance that if you built your own computer in the last five years, your CPU has a built-in TPM that you can enable in the BIOS, which will help bypass that PC health check app situation. Some people enabled theirs and they still couldn't pass it because there are some other weird restrictions that the app just doesn't tell you about. It's like a um, UEFI thing, which I think most yeah. people are probably fine with, but for some reason my PC is not doing that. Yeah, there's Ooh. like a UEFI secure boot thing that can trip up the PC Health Check app. Basically, what it comes down to is the PC, the PC Health Check app had issues. And I think I read um, there was a story that was posted on Mobile Syrup's Twitter this morning that said that Microsoft has since pulled the app, um, yeah. which is probably a good thing because they did update it to list reasons, but that wasn't working and it kind of bugged the app for some people. So basically, that app, unreliable, don't go buy it for now. It's a um, wait and see situation. Is like it's what it's very much a wait and see situation. Okay. And it's all super confusing. And the more that people have looked into it, the more confusing it's gotten. Because there's some <laughs> Microsoft website somewhere that lists a whole bunch of CPU requirements that are much more than what Microsoft initially yeah. said. Because Microsoft was like, oh yeah, just a dual core, you know, 64-bit CPU. And then if you just go look chip. on their website, there's like a whole bunch of sixth gen Intel chips that are still perfectly fine and still used in a bunch of gaming machines that technically don't qualify for Windows 11 and that's tripping the PC Health Check app. So basically to sum it all up, there's a bunch of weird, confusing TPM stuff. A lot of people who are not technically savvy don't understand it. A lot of people who are technically savvy don't understand it because it's needlessly confusing. Nobody understands it. It doesn't help that Intel and AMD both call it something different. So if you have an Intel chip, there's a good chance that the TPM setting is under something called PTT in your BIOS. And if you have uh, an AMD chip, this it's under like FTPM. This sounds like and is like exactly it, why I don't mess with Windows. Dude, I got trapped in my BIOS for like 25 minutes on Friday when this happened. It was no, so bad. You. I thought my computer was broken. I was like, oh man, I screwed it up. I, I went in, I enabled my 
virtual TPM and that I could never get out. I am. So I tried to help my buddy uh, set his TPM up. He has the same CPU as me, and he has a motherboard from the same manufacturer. Um, but his BIOS was completely different from mine. So every setting was different. So I was like, oh yeah, I just went into my BIOS and I went here and that's where I was able to his was totally enable different. TPM. His was completely different. Every, like all cool. the hardware was labeled different stuff. Like it was completely different. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. We have the same CPU and we have a motherboard from the same manufacturer. There should be at least a little bit of consistency. But you would think, not. yeah, especially within like motherboard manufacturers. Cause I know yeah. when I switched from MSI mother, an MSI motherboard to an Asus one, a lot of, a lot of stuff changed, but between the same manufacturers, that's weird. That's, yeah, yeah. This is a so, this is a fun one. Windows 11, everyone can have it. I, if I you know you how to go into the BIOS and enable a bunch of settings that may or may not break your computer, and you won't know because the BIOS is me, really hard to understand and comprehend. To me, it sounds like it's going to work itself Enjoy. out eventually, right? Like I know we're still yeah. a few months out from the final release. That's correct, right, John? Yeah. October twentieth so, is the rumored. The rumored, the rumored date. Is October, the rumored okay. date. Okay, because I've heard a bunch of different stuff. Um, Mostly their reported... dates within October, but I think a vast majority of the uh, screenshots yeah, that Windows Chrono shared had October like twentieth. I think. Or, I yeah. or was it you that wrote, okay. it? You wrote it? Okay. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So that's I've, the rumor. I, I heard people say holiday season, which I guess October <laughs> is technically in that. <laughs> Especially October 20th at the end, yeah. I've also heard a lot of things saying uh, 2022, early 2022, so we'll see. That would be sad. Um, I want it now. And yeah, I, I don't want to wait that this long. whole TPM party. Ultimately, here, here's what I'm going to say about the TPM situation. And this, yeah. if you have taken nothing away from this confusing discussion about TPMs, here's the takeaway for you Windows 11 fans out there. Um, don't do anything rash if you don't understand how to open your bios and enable tpm on your computer don't do it um Just wait if you are convinced that your computer does not have a tpm don't go and buy one because they're normally like 20 or 30 dollars and yeah people scalped are scalping right them now, now for a hundred dollars or more so don't go buy an overpriced tpm you probably won't need it if you have a cpu that technically doesn't meet microsoft's secret list of required cpus don't freak out and go buy a new computer with a new CPU. Uh, just wait. Um, and the reason I say that is first, the Windows 11 preview build that dropped on Monday doesn't have any of these requirements. So you can install it on anything. And my understanding is part of that is for Microsoft to gather data about how the Windows 11 preview works on various levels of hardware so they can adjust the minimum spec if they need to. Um, on top of that, when the final release of Windows 11 comes, it might be able to install on any hardware and you might just get a warning during the installation process that says, hey, Microsoft doesn't recommend that you do this because your computer doesn't meet XYZ minimum man. specs or your computer doesn't have a TPM or whatever. Um, so basically the best advice right now is to wait. Microsoft might change things with their minimum requirements. They might put out a, a blog post explaining how to enable TPM on your system. I have no idea what they're going to do, but they're going to have to do something because right now it's a PR nightmare. Everybody's freaking out. It looks like Windows 11 isn't going to run on a bunch of hardware that realistically it should run on and everybody's confused. So I don't, I don't think Microsoft's going to be able to just let things be the way that they are without addressing the situation. 
Yeah. And I don't think they're going to release Windows 11 when a significant number of their main users being like gamers and stuff like that are just not going to be able to run Windows 11. I just, I don't see that happening. So those uh, gamers are such an angry crowd, you know, you don't yeah. want to make them angry. And, be a and lot vocal of crowd. Vocal and angry. On that Scary resoundingly people. positive note, we, we sort of have to wrap it up. Were there like any final thoughts that you guys wanted to mention regarding Windows 11? I think we've, we've pretty much covered everything at this point. Um, I, I was looking through a story last night on The Verge, just to, they had, from the leaked build, this is from a while ago, but they had found a bunch of uh, Windows 11 wallpapers, and they all look really nice. And, um, it's all about the I'm wallpapers, like looking, truly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to the new wallpapers. Um, yeah, new Windows wallpapers 11. are sick. The dark confirm. mode looks pretty nice on it. Pretty excited about that. The new wallpapers are honestly my favorite part of Mac OS Big Sur. That, that should have been like a headline. That would have been my review. 10 out of 10 for the, the color shift wallpapers. John, do you have the Bloom wallpaper on your demo unit? I don't know. Or is that your I mean, custom I, wallpaper still? Yeah. No, it, it changed it to the new, whatever the new default wallpaper is when I installed it's like, it. Kind of like it comes out of the bottom. It's like a flower almost. Does it move? The Like the blue? No, it doesn't yeah. move. I'd seen um, videos of it like kind of expanding a little bit. You know, I don't know if you'll know this, but uh, on some OnePlus phones, they have wallpapers that will move like slightly just when you unlock the phone. I'm yeah. wondering if like Windows is going to do something like that. You know, you open up the laptop and it goes, like it blooms. I don't, I don't think Maybe. so. It didn't look like that. The They did update the lock screen um, with a new font and a centered clock interface. Oh, um, but that's other exciting. than that, it's the same thing. It still shows like Windows 10 cycled through different wallpapers. So every day you'd like see a, get a different wallpaper on your lock screen and it's just yep. a random picture of somewhere on the planet. I think mine right now is um, like a vineyard. Yeah, mine was like a, a beach this morning. Nice. So that okay. that's still the Windows 10 or sorry, Windows 11 lock screen wallpaper. When you unlock your computer, you get that it slides out of the way and then it's your desktop. Um, the wallpapers look sick. I'm kind of disappointed with the current customization options and I hope that Microsoft uh, improves them going forward. But just some really basic stuff is not there. Like there's no ability to adjust the size of the taskbar, which is really disappointing to me because it's really big and it takes up a lot of space on the bottom of my laptop screen. Mm -hmm. uh, I would love to that, be able to shrink it a little bit or to move that it. That scares me. Yeah, Apparently it's no, not supposed no to be moved. To I don't move think it. you could move it. Yeah, I think that's cut for good. The not being able to resize it stresses me out because like, yeah, you want it small on laptops. And also I'm worried on like big screen computers. Like if you had like a 32 inch display, you're going to have like a huge taskbar. Yeah, it's massive. So. And on, on that note with the taskbar, a lot of people are uh, like fans of the centered taskbar look. I think yeah, it looks I nice, am. but I hate it. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen because... The entire left third of my taskbar is empty. There's nothing there. The right side is full of like the bottom right corner has the time and all these like little system icons. And yeah. then my app icons are in the middle and there's just this big empty space on the left side. So I wish they you, did something to balance it. Would you have rather they kind of went the Mac route and left like, so on Mac, it's like the dock in the center and then nothing on the sides, really? Like it's just yeah. blank empty. Would you rather that maybe? Yeah, I, I guess I think you're right. That. The left... The left-hand side, looking at this picture now, looks really empty. And uh, I'm trying to think what they could put over there. Maybe a little I don't, budget I don't to think open would... the maybe a little button to open the widget panel might fill it up a little bit. Just a little widget button down there. Yeah, it's almost like like if the wind like the start menu um, 
the search button and the widgets button were all on the left side, that would help balance it. But then that would look weird. That's how mine is right now. So I have Windows 10, but I'm using this app called Taskbar X. And yeah, right now, basically, I've got like, you know, the weather widget thing, volume, calendar, notifications all sort of jammed into the uh, right side. And then the left side is just the start menu. And I actually got rid of the search because I just use a keyboard trick to open it. But I also have the timeline feature, which I think they got rid of in Windows 11, probably for the best. Um, and then, yeah, all my icons yeah, in the center, which is Yeah, they did get nice. rid of timeline, which... I have enabled, but I never really used. Same. I uh, I used it the other day when my computer crashed and then came back and opened timeline to reopen some apps after the yeah. crash, but it's like that doesn't really happen that often. So, The biggest thing for me with timeline was I don't – well, when it was a big I feature, time. I didn't use time doesn't exist. Microsoft's default browser. And mm, so unless I used yeah. an extension that would bring that browser stuff into timeline, I just didn't get that because that was – primarily what I used on my computer was a browser. The timeline feature just didn't really work for me. It was a really cool idea, um, but it didn't really work out. Okay. One I note, two... one... Yeah, Sorry, you go, you just go. to I... finish off with the taskbar, you can choose your alignment. So you can have it left aligned instead of center aligned if you want. And it does move the start menu when you open it. So if you have a left aligned taskbar and you open the start menu, it opens on the left side of the screen instead of in the center. So that basically is like if you really hate the new design, you want to go somewhat kind of back to Windows 10, you can in the yeah. start task. Menu. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. I guess that'll pe appease some people. Um, but yeah, two quick questions. I think we talked about this in Slack, but I don't know if you were able to answer it before we started. When you Is the right-click menu look more like the modern right-click menu in Edge now, or is it just kind of the same like basic simple menu? Does it have rounded corners? So, I have a lot of questions about the right-click yeah, menu. Yeah, so I the right-click menu yeah. um, currently is basically the same as Windows 10, but with rounded corners. Okay. Um, but it Ooh. also appears to be app-specific. So when I right-click on the desktop or the taskbar or any other Windows 11 element, it's rounded corners. When I right-click in Slack, it's squared corners. So it Weird. really seems to be app-dependent at the moment. I'm not sure actually, if that will change in the future. It kind but. of is like that now in Windows 10. Like the right-click menu looks a little different in Chrome than it does in Edge. When I right-click on the taskbar, it's actually in dark mode. When I right-click on the desktop, it's in light mode. It's kind of all over. Um, yeah. So it seems like we didn't fix that perfectly. I'll get over it, I guess. Um, the other question I have, this one's for everybody, just kind of a fun one to end it off. But do you guys think you're more excited for, imagine you're a Windows Android user patch. Just put your, put your Android Windows hat on. If you can, it's, a hat. it's um, in the closet. It's a little dusty. It's still there, though. It's a little, little top hat. Um, but would you rather? Are you more excited for Windows 11 or Android 12? I think both of those are getting huge refreshes this fall, and I mm. don't know which one I'm it's more tough. excited about. To be honest, they both excite me so much. For me, I care more about design and like what something looks like. So it is tough because this seems, at least in both cases, with both operating systems, to be two of the more significant aesthetic changes that we've seen in the last few years. I think yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd say since I, I don't beyond when I'm reviewing Samsung devices, I really, really don't use Android very much anymore. Whereas Windows, I probably dabble in like a couple times a week, at least I'd say I'm probably more excited uh, for Windows 11 just because it's like not something we see very often. Right. Like there's not a new Windows version every year. And it seemed cool. Like the, the design seemed really neat. For me, it's like a happy medium between what I liked about Chrome OS, what I like about Windows, and what I like about Mac OS. Um, I want to play around with it and use it, obviously. But yeah, I'd say for sure Windows 11 is what I'm most excited for. 
Uh, I would say that I'm more excited for Android 12. Um, that, don't get me wrong. There's a lot that I'm excited about in Windows 11. Oh, yeah. No, no definitely. But I don't think it's going to significantly change how I use Windows right now. Um, and the reason I say that is like some of the features that I'm most excited about in Windows 11 are I have already put into Windows 10 via like external customization. So for example, the snap feature that I'm excited okay. about, yeah, I have something very similar enabled through power toys on Windows 10. Mm -hmm. So Windows 11 will kind of make it more efficient because I won't have to run power toys. It's just built into the OS, but it's not going to significantly change how I use Windows. And, yeah, you know, things look nicer, but as with Windows 10, the niceness only goes so far. And if you wander too far off of the modern path that Microsoft has constructed, you will find the horrors of Windows 95 lurking <laughs> in the background. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if that'll be like that on Android. You know, Android 12 looks nice, and then you open up this thing, and we've got the hollow design from, like, android 6 still with that. so far running the android 12 beta i haven't noticed a lot of old android stuff hiding there is right. some but not as much as i expected there to be so okay that's pretty good um yeah i think i think to be honest i think i'm more excited about windows um kind of it's almost like the opposite approach to what you said because like yeah i have power toys and i have taskbar x which i think we should say like if you're excited about windows 11 you don't want to download the preview you could get taskbar x and power toys and get some of the features just for fun if you wanted to change up your windows and scratch that itch a bit um but i have those features and i love them so i'm excited for them to be just built in and not have to like worry about them and like re-enable taskbar x every like eight times i turn my computer on because it's kind of glitchy and i'm just excited for all of that to be condensed into this one operating system hopefully um, part of, I mean, this is kind of like jaded and maybe like a bit of a, a bad thing to say, but like part of the reason I always liked Mac OS more than windows was I just liked how it looked like design wise. And I think mm -hmm. this levels that playing field. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think that that, yeah, I think if you like really care about like software aesthetics, which I think is a growing number of people as like people our age grow up, um, I think it's going to become like a much harder choice between like windows and Mac OS because yeah. Mac OS used to look so clearly much cleaner. And now I think windows looks very clean as well. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I think windows 11 is a very modern, very clean look. Um, mm -hmm. and they've updated a lot of stuff, uh, just in what I've played around with so far. Um, you know, the new, I sent pictures to you guys. There's a new notification. Yeah. The new Wi-Fi battery Sick. widget thing, the new widget panel. There's a bunch of new stuff that looks really, really nice, which is exciting. And I think it looks a lot better. Uh, the one thing I would say on that, though, is for me, I've never used Windows out of a, oh, I think this looks great, so I'm going to use it. I've the always tool. used Windows as a kind of necessary tool because I like gaming on my computer. and. Mm -hmm. If you want to game on your computer, you're running Windows. It's that simple. Um, so totally. outside yeah. of that, like if I didn't care so much about gaming or if gaming on Linux was better, I could very easily see myself transitioning to Linux and going with that because you can really make some nice looking Linux desktops if you spend the time and, and put in the effort. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so in like Linux, Linux gaming is getting a lot better and it's improving a lot. Um, 
So, you know, I could totally see a future where I'm not a Windows user and I'm a Linux user, but there's just a couple of things. Gaming and Photoshop really would be the big two tools that I would miss on um, on Linux. But we'll we'll see how it goes and see how things change. Um, in so the we change. Speaking of people so changing, change. and I, I don't want to bring this up too much, but Panos Panay has really changed. He used to be kind of a bad boy. And now he's like, he's taking up some yoga or something during the pandemic. He's very chill now. He's very much worried about you, your family, your mental health. I didn't think he was that different. I thought it was just like, uh, maybe I guess, I don't know. He used to come up and be like ripping windows. Like, look at this, you can fix this laptop. This is windows for the future, for the creators. Screw you, Apple. And and now he's like, hey, I'm Panos Panay. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about myself. And I just really want you guys to know that we're all going to be okay. okay. We, Windows 11 is going to change all of our lives for the better. And with that, let's let's uh, get into the games we've been playing since we're a little bit over time. Um, I, w- yeah. I I think you're right though. Maybe Panos has grown as a as a person and the head of uh, what is he the head of at Microsoft now? presentations he just <laughs> it's everything like because he he's not the head of xbox obviously because that's phil spencer no is he's he the like, head of, like software hardware like software yeah devices? Devi- the surface line maybe interesting who knows yeah. i'm gonna look like, it up you he's guys like the head of windows and, all, all and surface research. head of windows and surface so. okay so like you find him on linkedin i'm gonna link him did you find it you can <laughs> chief chief product officer okay um got it okay. i'm trying to log in and connect with him <laughs> no, I can't because I'm not on Chrome and my stuff's not uh, remembered. That's unfortunate. But yeah, chief chief product officer. We'll we'll him and I will connect some other day probably because we yeah. both care so much. <laughs> Let's talk about the games we've been playing. So I've been playing Mario Golf Super Rush. I really enjoy it. It's great. It's Mario Golf. It's got a little bit of like rpg mixed in with the golf aspects of the game uh like if you've played a mario golf game before this is kind of returned to the series roots it does look a little rough around the edges because it's on the switch and i think the switch is starting to show its age in some respects visually at least um but yeah i've been playing it quite a bit i'm near the end of the like adventure mode it's it's a good time it's it's a little weird to like be who's playing. your golfer who's my golfer I, yeah. well, I, in adventure mode you play as your me but I play as um, Princess Ooh. Daisy. That's who I play oh, as nice. in, in every single game. Like in uh, Mario Tennis on the Switch, I played as Princess Daisy. Yeah. She's uh, I'm down with Princess Daisy. She's good. Right. Uh, cool. Bennett, what have you been playing? Um, honestly, once again, nothing. This segment is uh, falling apart for me. But I uh, I've been watching a lot of Law and Order SVU. Oh, great. Cool stuff. You may have heard of it. Uh, you know, champion of of TV of cable TV for years. You know, Detective Spenson and Stabler. Um, but I was also playing this uh, mobile game called Grand Mountain Adventure, um, and it's like a snowboarding game. It has a surprising. I mean, it's a bit of like an isometric uh, tilt shift yeah, kind of point of view. So the, but the snow graphics, like as you carve on this mobile game, are actually sick. Like above Xbox 360 level, maybe. Like it looks pretty cool. I'm kind of down with it and it's just like a fun little mobile game where you're just kind of like going through obstacle courses on the snowboard but the controls are really tight and the graphics look surprisingly good so i think that's the most i've been gaming so if you're looking for a mobile game grand mountain adventure it was free although i might only have the demo because 
there are other mountains that you can't play in the free version, I guess, but uh, super cool. I might oh. write about it for like a game of the week if we. I want to try it. I decided to bring that back. I haven't played a, a snowboarding game in like ten years or something. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of feeling the itch. You know, you ever play that game, Lonely Mountain Downhill? It's like yeah, kind I of a geometric, like mountain biking yeah, downhill game. And I was kind of like having the itch to play that, but I was just had my phone with me, and then just looking through the app store, and I found this, and uh, it's kind of similar. I, it's not as hard as Lonely Mountain Downhill. I don't know if you guys, like you said, you played it, but I had a really hard time with that game. I like struggled a lot. I played to get it down on the Xbox hill. Series. Same, X, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's in Game Pass. Um, but yeah, I don't know, mobile game. Grand Mountain Venture, you like to snowboard. You know, you want to get your mind off of this heat wave. This is a game about snow. That's all I got for you. Plus Law and Order, you know, pretty good stuff. You probably, you might have never heard about it. Indie TV, really. It's a, it's a small show. Only been around a few years. Really got to mm-hmm. support it to keep it <laughs> it's going. It's new, yeah. It's new. You might have, you All right, might John, have what have you been playing? Uh, so I just finished playing Far Cry 5. I have never played a Far Cry game. And Whoa. Really? Uh, yeah. Do you not no, like five? I've never played a Far Cry game, and I was like, Far Cry Six looks interesting, so let me get one and play it. And Far Cry Five was on sale, so I picked it up. What do you think of it? I enjoyed so it. Uh, I finished the game. It was enjoyable, uh, except for the ending. I thought the ending was really stupid because they the game like didn't really build up to what happened at all. I'm trying to never even made it that far in Far Cry 5, so I'll I take your word for it. it. Okay. I'm I trying to like say it. it without spoiling anything. For I think you can spoil users. Far Cry 5 at this point. I mean, if you, if you haven't finished Far Cry 5, you probably like yeah, I'm never yeah, spoil it. it. All right, uh, I'll put out away. I'll put a spoiler alert if you care about the ending of Far Cry 5 and you haven't here. played it yeah. yet. Stop Play listening now. Uh, all right. With that said, so basically the end of the game is the cult leader nukes Montana. Huh. Okay. Oh, and then it leads to Far Cry New Dawn. They had that plan yeah. that far in advance. Oh, yeah. But what really annoyed me is there wasn't any hint about it leading up. And I think technically it wasn't even the cult leader who set off the nukes. It was like an unrelated event. Like the U.S. started a war with North Korea or something, and they nuked Montana. That sounds like and a it just Far happened Cry to game. coincide with the end of the game. Huh. And so, like, I've read some stuff where people are like, "Oh, if you listen to the radios, you can hear newscasters talking about the conflict with North Korea, yeah. so you know it's coming." And I'm like, "That's so dumb." It would have been way cooler if there was like little hints throughout the game, because like a bunch of the cult leader boss fights were in like missile silo- missile silos and stuff like that. So it would have been way cooler if like the cult had nukes the whole time and they were like holding on to them as like a last minute. Okay, if we lose everything else, we're gonna blow up the state. But wow. no, they, they didn't do that. So I was kind of disappointed with the ending, but I enjoyed the rest of the game. I had fun playing yeah. it. Did I you have... ever play Cyberpunk? 2077? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that no. one. It's on I, my list. I found, I found that game like cut and paste of a Far Cry game. I found Cyberpunk okay. to be Far Cry, but in a cyber So many world. people mad at you in the comments right now. They're just like raging out on that statement. Yeah, no. Cyberpunk That's is the best game ever. No, it, but it is. Like, you know, first-person perspective, mostly like gun-based. It's got a little bit of story into there, but it's basically like Far Cry in a city. I am old, okay. so I have played every Far Cry game pretty extensively. I've beat them all except for five. I think that with five i kind of just got tired of the series it was like the same thing over and over again it's that ubisoft open world design where they put way too many things into the experience just to like pad it out i would rather like i'm hoping that with six it's more a more like 
curated, concise. They focus more on like the main story. It doesn't need to be 80 mm -hmm. hours, guys. Like make it like a 20 hour game, 30 hour game. You don't need to put in yeah. all these like fetch quests and stuff. Just make all these like multi-level bosses where you yeah, know like the middle like... three mean nothing. Yes. And like yeah. Far Cry 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. I really liked three. I think years ago was like my game of the year. Sick. Four was Pirates more of the same baller. compared to three, but it was still okay. And then five just felt like the same thing again as three with like maybe a slightly fresher coat of paint, a plot that I think could have been something much better, but Ubisoft was scared to go political with it, which is an entirely mm. other topic. Yeah, I, I just I just wasn't impressed very much with five. I think my headline was something like it pushes the series forward while holding it back, which really pissed people off because they were like, how is that possible? There's like cool gameplay innovations, but like, yeah, there was also yeah. a lot of stuff that was the same as the previous games, right? Like, so they tried new yeah. stuff, but it also wasn't different enough. Anyways, that's my rant about Far Cry Five. Yeah, there were, there was uh, a ton of stuff that I didn't even touch in the game. Like, yeah. they like introduced the mechanic, and I'm like, cool, and yeah, then I never did too. it again. Yeah, yeah. So my, but I had fun. I I think the part I enjoyed most is just like kind of the sandboxy nature, where it's like, oh, there's yeah. like an enemy stronghold here. Let me scout it out and you know, come up with a strategy for taking it over and stuff like that. So like, I, I enjoyed that part of it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Far Cry, it's a fun one. I remember in Far Cry 4, I just got in the helicopter and unlocked like all the towers at once. That was so sick to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's all, that's all I got to say about Far Cry. Cool, that's a good place to wrap it up. Thanks for listening to the Surfcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke and of course on mobilesurf.com. Bennett, where can people find you? How about this week? You don't. You don't want people Thoughts. to find you. <laughs> yeah. Whatever this week, I'm just I'm under the radar. Going back about... to the undisclosed location, it seems. Yeah. 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 No, if you want to follow me, you can find me online pretty much anywhere at the Brad Fad and uh, on mobilesurf.com where I just reviewed a Tamagotchi. And uh, people seem to care about it online, but people don't seem to be reading the article. So that's that's life. This is a nice picture of you like staring lovingly at the Tamagotchi as well. Yeah. It's my favorite picture of myself ever, I think. You should just Alex change it to your, all of your profiles on the internet, I think. I, I did too. I changed it to my Instagram one, but I haven't uh, changed them all yet. I don't know if I'm going to replace my Slack picture of me as a stock image either. I was just going to say it's oh. a re return to your stock image career. It is, but it's actually good. Maybe I can find an iStock overlay just to put <laughs> on top of it just to make it seem shittier. And John, where bad. can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore Lamont. That's J-O-N underscore L-A-M-O-N-T. I uh, always like to spell it out because my my John does not have an H in it. It's the simpler John. confused about that. Less What's letters. That? Less letters. Yeah. The simpler version of John. Easier. Just three letters. That's and you as need. always, you can find all of our content on mobilesyrup.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 